first chapter, and uh, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give what we're doing, uh, I'm not going to wait till we get halfway through to tell you where we're headed, but I want to tell you something, that God knows where you are. God, God knows where you are. God, you're not, you're not hidden to God. You're not a stranger separated from God. God knows where you are. And the word says that you are the focus of God's attention. That God is walking the circuit of the earth looking for a people that's looking for him. Looking for a people that's looking for him. If you look for something long enough, you're liable to find it. The guy that was looking for the pearl of great price found the pearl of great price in his own backyard. A lot of times what you're looking for is a lot closer than you realize. We've had a lot of fun the past couple of weeks. We've gone out and we've taken a tractor and we've cut the dirt and we sowed some seed and we sowed some fertilizer and we got the crossbows out. And most of you know that I do not have a natural son. I have several sons in ministry, but I don't have a natural son. So Courtney and Christine are, are I guess, the only boys I'll ever have, whatever they, they, they are my boys. And, of course, Courtney, you know, she, she doesn't like the boy stuff, and she didn't like to throw the football, and she didn't like to, you know, do stuff like, like that. But she, she likes jet skiing. But Christine has developed an interest into hunting into 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 hunting and so we've gone we've gone out we've we've saw the deer we've shot the crossbow and the other day and i tried to send a picture but i couldn't but she put camouflage on from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet literally we climbed up in a ladder stand and i told her now you can't talk until dark 30 that's a that's a hunting term dark 30 you you got you got to be quiet got to sit here so we sat there and we were barely whispering and she was Facebooking on my phone and she was and we actually saw a deer every time we've gone three times now we actually saw a deer she saw a deer got to see the deer and be excited and then we get ready to come down from the tree and she whispers can I talk now and I said yes she can talk oh praise God hallelujah and I, I I learned that most of us have a tough time being still most of us have a tough time just being calm, just being, just chilling out. And a lot of times, I think we get impatient and get ahead of what God has for us. Well, we had such a great experience with, with Christine that a couple nights ago. that Pastor Ronald was ministering, so it's my, my job to take care of Christine while she's gone. Courtney was at the Prairie Stone thing, and so I was taking care of the kids. Well, Christine asked if Alana could come over, and I said, sure, Alana could come over. Well, I could not find anybody to watch the girls for me to go deer hunting. So I came up with this great adventure. And I took the girls to the store. I let them buy $20 worth of snacks. I put camouflage on them from the top to the bottom. We go out to Pastor Connie's. And Hannah is there. Hannah has shorts on, no socks, no, no, no shoes. But I had camouflage for Hannah. So I went and got a tent, a, a, a blind, a tent. And I took the girls out there. I said, girls, you can't talk until 7.15. One, uh, one had the little toy. One had the Facebooks. They all had little toys. We all had little, little seats for them. Had to carry them over the mud holes. Quite a venture. We got them over the mud hole. And I put them in a tent about 60 yards from me. And I got up in a tree. And I go, this is great. I got the girls were in the tent. They're going to be quiet. Things are cool. It's going to be wonderful. 
and about 6.30, and you know, the, the deer start moving about 10 till 7, 7 o'clock, somewhere there. About 6.30, I hear this laughing, and I hear this talking, and I hear this, and I said, oh, well, it was a good idea. And sure enough, while they're talking and laughing, two deer decide to step out in the wood. Well, they didn't stay here very long because they heard these girls talking and laughing. And, you know, I, I thought it was so humorous. Up in the tree, there's a window when if whatever you're doing hunting or fishing there's a window when the fish are going to bite there's a window when the deer are going to move there's a transition where the night noises cease and the morning noises begin it's a brand new day the promises of God are new every morning great is his faithfulness so there there are windows in your life that God wants to work in your behalf God wants to move in your behalf but I think sometimes we get in a hurry and it's not that we abort or abandon but I think we are so used to doing it our way that it's tough to really let go and do it God's way. And I want to bring attention to a, a passage of, of Scripture. But before I do, the Bible says that when you, when you come into the house of God, you should have a song, you should have a testimony, you should have an offering. I'm going to ask me. God has, God has divinely blessed Mish and touched her and she'll tell you more about that but God sovereignly did something this week because Mish is a daughter of God and loves the Lord and what God has done for her I want you to draw strength from that God can do for you well, I guess I want to start by saying when we come in on Sunday morning and the presence of God is here be sensitive to what he speaks to you about six months ago um, during praise and worship the Lord began to speak to me about my job and I knew that there was turmoil coming. There had kind of been rumors that cuts were going to come. And so I was really seeking God. And, you know, I had come over to the altar and just thought, okay, God, you know, I'm going to take my shoes off and I'm going to just trust you. And I'm going to walk in whatever direction you send me. And I went back to my boss and I said, I really feel like I need to be in the field, which that means I have to travel quite a bit, which is a sacrifice for my family. But I knew it was God speaking. I knew it was. Well, on Tuesday of this past week, um, without any warning, without any notice, they came into our building and six people were let go. I was not one of those six. And I was not one of those six because I heard Holy Spirit say, go to the field. And I went to the field and I've been traveling. That's what saved my job. I know for a fact that's what saved my job. But what's even cooler that Pastor Raleigh doesn't even know, two weeks ago I was in Corpus Christi, Texas, and I had taken the two buildings that I was there visiting out to dinner. After dinner, um, one of the girls that's moving into an, a, um, a training position, I began to talk to her just one-on-one -on -one in the parking lot of Joe's Crab Shack. Now listen, people, God moves in the strangest places. And I just said to her, we were really talking about sales stuff. We weren't really talking about spiritual things. And I said, you know, I, I said, I just have a belief that God is like our GPS. And I said, when I get off course with my, my travel and, and I'm lost, the GPS doesn't reach out and smack me upside the head and call me stupid names. It just says recalculating. And I said, God is just like that in our life. No matter where you find yourself, he locates you. And he recalculates your steps to get you back on course. So I'm sharing this with this young girl. And all of a sudden, she breaks down and just starts crying. Two hours, I ministered to her in the parking lot of Joe's Crab Shack. I said, God, you know, 
Life Care thought they were sending me to, to do work, and I did work. But after hours, God worked. He divinely intersected this young girl's life and broke free some things from her past that she didn't know how to let go of. So I, I just encourage you, don't take for granted the spirit that we have here because God does have your back. He has your best interest. You just got to slow down long enough to hear him. Incredible. Thank you, Mish. Incredible. That was powerful. Uh, this past Wednesday night, there were two or three that uh, shared, and obviously Annabelle has something to share. Annabelle, come, come up here. This is a, a daughter of this house, has been very faithful. Come, come here, Annabelle. Been very consistent. Love. How many saw our tractor out there? Annabelle drove the tractor to church this morning. She's trying to save gas, and she gets better gas mileage on the diesel tractor. You should have seen her shifting gear, baby. <laughs> well, um, it's very interesting what uh, Pastor Rhonda said this morning about her friend. Or, or your niece, Allie, Allie Taylor. I have a, a what is she, daughter-in-law, Allie Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> Taylor. She's 24 years old, and so that just, you know, helped me pray for her more because same age, and you never know. But also, this week, I think it was this week, um, the dentist, I had a deep, cleaning and she said well let's just do one and it was $250 on one and I says is it going to cost $800 or $1,000 to do my face she said well yeah it could be I says well I don't got it you know <laughs> and um, she says well they'll work it out you know they'll, they'll work with you I says well okay okay do the whole face because we had enough time um, get up to the desk to pay it they said $153 I went how come? She says, well, you had a little bit of back bill. We had to add that on to it. I mean, what ha I didn't say what happened to the $800. But yeah. Same thing. Well. How faithful is God. Thank you, yeah, Annabelle. Thank you. Annabelle is a faithful, consistent giver, and you ought to see her drive that tractor. I mean, I've, we are uh, boot Sunday, next Sunday, and if you have a tractor, four-wheel lawnmower, riding lawnmower, we'll, we've got handicapped spots just ready for you to park in there. Isn't it fun to go to the house of God and have fun? Gail, come and come and share. This past Wednesday night, there were several testimonies. I wish you could have been here about the conference, what God did and what God said. And I will be at liberty to say more, but at the conference, some powerful words were spoken over Church of the Harvest and the finances, and some doors were open, and we'll tell you more about that as the month goes by. But Gail, come. Precious mom, friend of Hank and Rhonda, can't, can't run her off. How, how, how far did you drive this morning to get here? Uh, about 30 miles. It was 20 minutes early. <laughs> um, last week, Pastor said, God wants you to know that he knows where you are and he knows what you need. And that was pretty much the focus of last weekend. I felt like God was just pouring into me regardless of whoever else was here. And I, I'd been telling God for weeks now, I'm tired. I'm tired of being responsible. I'm tired of being the one that everything falls on. And Sister Rhonda just ministered that night <laughs> to me. And after the service, someone came to me and said, I just want to treat your family to breakfast. And it was a hectic weekend anyway. And, I mean, that meant the world to us. It was a special treat, plus it took a lot of the responsibility off. And, um, you know, then um, Pastor Jeremy ministered on perhaps 
and I've been standing for a long time to see God fulfill some promises. And that's the word that keeps coming to mind. Perhaps, perhaps this is a day. Perhaps this is the time I need to stand, even when I'm tired, even when I'm weary. And so many people last weekend showed in one way or another that you have my back. You're the armor bearer that's standing there with me for me to see the fulfillment of the promises God's given. And I want to thank you. Thank you, Gail. How faithful. We come with the offering. We come with the testimony. We, have, we come with the song. Christine, do you have a song? It's up to you. You want to share your song real quick? Come on. Come on. Hurry. Walk a little slower, baby. Walk a little better. Come on. Come on. Did you have fun in the tent yesterday? We, how, what, what, what caused you guys to start talking and laughing? I told you I'd hit your head the shelf if you talked before 7.15. What, what, what happened? It was Hannah's fault, right? It, oh, okay. Okay. And what was Hannah doing? Laughing. Oh, yes. Uh, do you have a song for, for the Lord? Not sure? Oh, look, the girls are going to come and, and uh, stand with you. Do you guys all have a song that we can sing? That we can sing? No? You got a good you got a good song? Anything that you feel like would bless the Lord today? What's in your heart? Amazing Grace? I love that one. How many like to hear Amazing Grace? Amazing Grace? We've had a testimony. We've had a song. John, the first chapter. Bring attention to verse 43. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him, of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said unto him, Can anything good come out of Udawal? I'm sorry, Nazareth, Nazareth. <coughs> Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, 
Behold an Israelite indeed in whom there is no seat. Your Bible may say, Behold an Israelite, an honest man. Nathaniel said to him, How do you know? You don't know me. Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, More assuredly, I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Let me kind of paint a real brief picture for you. And I think our, I think our thought today is that not only are we looking for God, God is looking for us. The Bible talks about looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Talks, the Bible talks about seeking you shall find, ask it shall be given, knock and it shall be opened. And again, like the humor story of the girls coming out of the tree stand, obviously 45 minutes before the deer got ready to move, I think a lot of us get so excited about where we're at, what we're doing, and sometimes the water will be stirred ankle deep, and a lot of us are just satisfied with ankle deep water. The Bible says if you will stay in the water, it'll get knee deep, it'll get waist deep, and then it'll get over your head. Four levels that God wants to bless us. I think a lot of times we have God either on a calendar or we have him on a, on, on a watch but God does not operate by chronos God operates by keros and there is a difference the chronos is a chronological the the 12 12 month 360 day a year calendar according to the Jewish calendar God does not operate on our mandate or our our direction or our demand God operates when it's best for you for him to operate and the things that God is looking for, I believe somewhere in the, in the book of Mark, there's a story about some guys that went to church and they didn't go just to be blessed. They had a friend that was a paraplegic. He, he was crippled from the waist down. He could not walk. And the Bible says when they got to where Jesus was, there wasn't room. Even outside the door, there was not room for one person. But it didn't stop, the, it didn't stop these guys. They went and got on the roof and figured out where Jesus was and they took a portion of the roof off and lowered down this man and Jesus looked at him, saved him and healed him. But the Bible says that when they got their breakthrough look, somebody say breakthrough when they broke through this literal roof the Bible says that Jesus saw their faith. I believe there are things that we're doing to, to pursue a breakthrough. I believe there's a line in the sand and whatever God has challenged you to do, whatever God is encourage you to do. And I know it sounds silly, but when, when we start, when we really start looking for God, we want God to know that we're after Him, that we're willing to lay some things on the altar that are important to us that we love to do. Can anybody relate? We've got youth that have been fasting Facebook. Now, I'm fasting Facebook because Austin hasn't come over yet and fixed, for some reason, my, my computer won't go online. I don't know why. It doesn't do that. You know, I love Facebook. I love to be a part of that. We have people that are actually fasting Hershey's chocolate with almonds. I mean, that's unheard of. That's, uh, that's Can you believe that? Uh, uh, Brian fasted Red Bull for one day. He was going to go, but, he, but, he, actually, but he, actually, he actually gave it up for one day. I told the church I was going to fast cigarettes and beer. Three months without a cigarette or a beer. And, and you know that I'm being humorous, but... 
There, there are things in our life that are important to, to us. And you know what? It's not all important that you fast Red Bull. It's not all important that you fast a donut. It's not all important that you fast. The, the, the importance is that you fast something. That you let God know, I really am hungry for you. I really am after you. I need to hear from you. When I was a child, I used to sit on the lap of Evangelist A.A. A. Allen. My grandma was a great cook, and he would come to my grandparents' house, and I had no idea who he was. I saw him in Miracle Valley as a teenager later in life. What was so humorous, he took my crutches. This is kind of a funny story, but uh, I was mowing the lawn. I was about 15. I was mowing the lawn, and my dad built a church next to the house, and I ran over a piece of stucco wire. And we thought it whacked the outside of my ankle. I had about 15 stitches, and then they sent me down the road. Well, I couldn't walk, so I was come to find out the stucco wire had gone in my ankle like a bullet and was laying there in between the two bones. Well, nobody, do, nobody knew it. We just thought I, w- I was wounded. So I went to Miracle Valley on crutches, and Aon got excited, and he took my crutches, and he broke them, and he threw them. Well, God didn't heal the leg, so I had to go and get the broken crutches and try. Anyway, it was a humorous story. But, but I remember A.A. Allen saw the dead raised. He saw miracles. He saw, I mean, documented, unprecedented miracles of, of any ministry probably in the world today. But A.A. Allen made up his mind that he wanted to hear from God, and he sequestered himself to a closet. And he said, God, I'm not coming out of this closet until you speak to me. Stayed three days and did not leave that closet for three days. Reminds me of the story of Jacob who had a hold of the things of God and knew he had a hold of the things of God and knew there were things in his life that were out of order. He didn't want them to be out of order. He wanted to be a different man. And he says, I'm not letting you go until you tell me your name because he felt there was something important about the name of what he had a hold of. And he wrestled, the Bible said, he wrestled all night long. Most of us have a tough time interceding 30 minutes. Come on, let's let Most of us have a tough time praying for an hour. We would freak out if we actually prayed an entire hour. We would go buy ourselves a donut just to, just reward ourselves because of that because of that blessing. But not only are we looking for God, God is looking for us. And he saw there was a there was a breakthrough. Something happened. They weren't stopped at the door by being told there's no more room. They said, if we can't come in through that way, we'll come in through an, another way. They planned it out. They cut the roof. And Stacy says, when they broke through, he saw their faith. He honored their faith. He honored somebody pursuing, somebody looking, somebody watching after him. So what is happening is that there's been several prophetic words. The guys are looking for a Messiah. They're looking for the things of God. They've been believing, believing God. And all of a sudden, a guy by the name of John the Baptist shows up and begins to tell society what you're looking for is headed this way. He that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not, I'm not worthy to unlatch. There was a prophetic word about a new move of God. If you have been in church at all in the past three to four months, you will, you will hear and you will listen and you will be told whatever Christian television, any kind of evangelistic crusade, you went and heard Perry this past week, somebody is saying it's getting ready to rain and the latter is going to be greater than the former. There's going to be an overwhelming anointing of signs and wonders which turns the heart of the, belie- uh, the, the unbeliever to, to a believer. There's going to be miracles. There's going to be things happen and you're hearing that over and over. We're stepping into a brand new season. You've heard it. It's going to happen. It's going to take place. These guys heard John the Baptist, multitudes went to hear what he had to say. He had no miracles. He had no free food. He just had a word, get ready, the Messiah is coming. 
So all these guys have been going to all these John the Baptist meetings. They've been talking among themselves. And then all of a sudden, before he even performs a miracle, they hear the teaching of Jesus. And they're so blown away that Philip went and told his brother, I found him. I, we, we have found the one the Bible prophesies of, the, 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 the Messiah, and puts a name to him, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel said, yeah, right, what, whatever. So Nathaniel, Nathaniel and Philip go and meet Jesus, and Jesus tells Nathaniel, I saw you when you were over by the tree. Well, I don't know what, I don't know what happened at the tree. I don't know if a fig fell and hit Nathaniel on the head. I mean, I don't know if he stepped in a pile of fig stuff, but something, something happened by the tree that it sparked something in Nathaniel that when Jesus said, I saw you by the tree, there was some kind of acknowledgement, some kind of memorial, some, some, something paired up, some, something lined out, something was revealed to Nathaniel besides him just standing by the tree. And I believe that every one of us in this house have got something in our heart that if Jesus was to say it, he was to do it, he was referred to it, or somebody was to walk up to us and speak just one little phrase, it would tie in with something that we're believing God for and we're expecting God to do. It is so easy, though, to get our eyes off the things of God. And, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, this past weekend was a great weekend, great worship, great, uh, the, the ramp was phenomenal. But most of you know that we cannot stay in the flow of the kids from the ramp. I mean, how, how, many, how many realize you can't go to Burger King? May I take your order? You're going to die and go to hell. You need Jesus in your life. Let me tell you what Jesus did to me. I've been fasting, praying. People come to come. I've been, I mean, you realize you can't, you can't live in that 24-7 understand that so a lot of times when you feel like well I, I, I want to be excited I want to be energized but but there I, I've, I've got to fit in society I got to flow in society it's easy to get your eyes off the things of God it's easy Isaiah 6 and 1 a very very important passage of scripture you don't have to go there just trust me as I quote it in the year that King Uzziah died and Pastor Jeff a word that everybody misses when I share it it's the word also. In the year that King Uzziah died, King Uzziah was the uncle of Isaiah. Isaiah had carte blanche. Isaiah got to go backstage. Isaiah got to take his friends with him. Isaiah got to rub it in. Hey, my uncle is the king of the world. I mean, how cool would that be if you were Obama's nephew and you got front row seating, you got, you got special first class, you got treated royally because of who your family was. And Isaiah got so caught up in the glamour and so caught up in the prestige of his uncle, so caught up in all the favor that he got from the world that he got his eyes off the things of God. It's easy to do. Hello? When Peter was walking on the word, Peter didn't walk on the water. It's impossible to walk on the water. We had a kid several years ago to church God youth camp, from, and he was out of the... Uh, charismatic camp there's nothing wrong with the charismatic camp but he got some Kenneth Copeland tapes and he said I can walk on water I said okay I said well go walk on water and I promise you he walked the edge of swimming pool he in the name of Jesus he stepped out went straight under we had to go down and he, all his clothes on we had, to, we had to pull him up drag him out uh, uh, raise him from the dead but but he but he really believed he can walk on the water you can't walk on the water 
Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. And that C-O-M-E. And if you'll walk, come to me, all the heavy, heavy laden, come into the banquet. There's so many great things attached to that word, come. But all Jesus said was, Peter, step into a supernatural area of your life and come where I am. And Peter stepped out on the word. And there he was. He was standing, and it was all great, wonderful, until he started looking around the waves, the, the storm, the, and he freaked out, and he began to what? sink but at least he had the guts to step out on a word at least he had the guts to obey the Lord he only got partial direction and so he stepped out and honored that partial direction but it's so easy when the storm when the storm came he got his eyes off the Lord and he got his eyes on circumstances it's tough sometimes to put any money in the offering when you don't have enough to pay the rent it's tough sometimes to bring food when you're the one that really needs a food pantry. It's tough sometimes to believe God for a miracle when you've been struggling with a sickness or, or, or something that's been bothering you or hurting you. It's, it's, it's easy, let me say this, it's easy to get our eyes off the Lord if we only focus on Him two hours on Sunday and one hour on Wednesday. Come on now. It's tough, it's tough to stay focused on Him when your day is not full of worship and praise and all the things that are, that are attached to that. Isaiah got his eyes off the, off the Lord, completely off the Lord. All of a sudden, his hero, his meal ticket, his job, his, his, his finances, crash and burn, is gone. There's no, more, there's no more Uzziah. He's dead. He's buried. He's in the grave. And the Bible says that, that Isaiah gets his focus back on God. And guess what? I saw also, Lord, high and lifted up, seated on a throne, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims with six wings. With twain they did cover their feet. With twain they covered their face. With twain they did fly. And one cried out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And we see that there are doors that have been promised to us. Where's, where's our believers that believe the Bible says, and I'm going to open a door for you. We're, 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 I want the biggest, baddest, meanest, ugliest guy in, in this in this house to help now I, I want I want um, Matt's not here let's let, let's let Brian Brian thinks Brian thinks he's all that and a bag of chips Brian I want you to go over to that door right there where the fire alarm seriously yeah go over, go over that door run hurry hurry we're gonna live in, hurry go to that door now on the side of the door by that by that red sprinkler thing I want you to push that post that's in that wall. Yeah, push it. Right there, yeah. Yeah, now push it over. No, pu pu push it over. No, no, push as hard as you can. Pu push even harder. Give it your best, your best shot. Okay, good. Obviously, no matter how tough he is in the natural, he cannot do anything in the supernatural. There are doors that have been promised. He said, knock and it shall be open. He said, behold, I stand at the door of your life and knock, in encouraging you to open the door. The doors that are shut to us are not shut to keep us from the things of God. They're shut to us to stir up an anticipation. What's behind door number one? What's behind door number two? And what's behind door number three? Will you sell the farm for door number one? Because there could be 17 pigs behind that door, or there could be a Taj Mahal residence with your name on it. 
And here's what he's saying. The praise of the angels of heaven moves doors and opens doors on our behalf. So when you begin to praise, whether you feel like it or not, whether, whether you, listen, it's, it's never about feeling. I promise you, it's never about feeling. It's, the only two times I really feel like praising is Christmas morning. Come on now. And when I've killed that big buck. Come on, where's my, where's my deer hunter? Tell me. And, and, and it's, like, it's like, yes. I mean, you watch, you watch. I think I've got a good shot on him. I'm going to wait a minute. I'll go down and see if I can find him. And he climbs down the tree, and the camera's on him, and you see him, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, And there's nothing, there's nothing like walking up. And the, all you see is the rackling there. It's not quite as big as you remembered it was, but there it is. And that, and that excitement. So there, there are two or three times in your life when you're going to stay focused on God. The rest of the time, it's going to take effort. It's going to take energy. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take desire. Because he is a God that rewards them that diligently seek after him. I got one more passage of scripture I'd like to share, and it's found in Ezekiel 16 and 1. Ezekiel is right after Jeremiah. Somewhere in the Old Testament. I love that sound of what's that for limitations? 16 is directly after chapter 15. If you got it, say amen. If you're still looking, say stall a minute. Look at, look at uh, my John Maxwell Bible that I just found this morning. Doesn't have, a, doesn't have a page number. Got everybody there? 16. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to nourish her abominations. Say, thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem, your birth and your nativity are from the land of Canaan. Your father was an Amorite. Your mother was a Hittite. As for your nativity, on the day you were born, your navel cord was not cut, nor were you washed in water to cleanse you. You were not rubbed with salt nor wrapped in swaddling cloths. No, I pitied you to do any of those things for you, to have compassion on you, but you were thrown out into the open field when you yourself were loathed on the day you were born. And when I passed by, and saw you struggling in your own blood I said to you in your blood live yes I said to you in your blood live I made you thrive like a plant in the field and you grew you matured you became very beautiful your breasts were formed your hair grew but you were naked and bare when I passed by you again look at someone and say again revelation here the first time he sees you is to restore you, to heal you, to place you in the area of all the things that he has for you. And as we enjoy the blessings of the Lord, as we enjoy forgiveness, you know what's worse than being abused? Can I tell you, you know, there's something worse than being abused. If you've been sinned against, or you've been cheated, or you've been hurt, you've been wounded, you know what's worse than being abused? being the abuser when Pastor Rhonda left me and I, and I came and I became sober and I got my strength back and I got my, I got my mind right I stopped doing the drugs I realized the price 
what it had cost her. Can you imagine all your life being a little girl, having a hope chest, putting all the things in that hope chest, I'm going to get married, I'm going to have three children, I'm going to have a little house, white picket fence, we're going to have clematis growing here, daffodils over here, and, and, I, and this, is, this is my life, this is the way I'm going to live, and then all of a sudden there's an interruption to your life called an unsaved husband. Or does it interrupt your life that someone stepped into your life and hurt and wounded? And as I realized the pain and hurt and, and what I cost her, because she didn't get any of those things. She married, she married a drug addict. And so that's all she knew the first year and a half of marriage. All she knew was being married to a, a drug addict. So not only her being wounded, but me being the one that hurt and wounded. I mean, it, it's tough sometimes forgiving yourself. It's tough sometimes acknowledging that what you did hurt somebody else and there's things that that, that you cannot you cannot do to make it right there's nothing you to do that, that can make it over there's nothing you can do to make it right but so God comes into your life and he forgives you and restores you that all your sins are washed away by his blood and as you start walking in forgiveness and as you start walking in restoration and you start getting healed you become a better person you become a better employee you become a better Christian. You become a better husband, a better wife, a better mom, a better dad. It just, it's just what happens when you get around the things of God. And then when he comes by the second time, he sees something that attracts him to you, that he loves you, and he wants to marry you. If we're the bride of Christ, and we're, we're getting, our, we're getting our, our clothes washed, bleached, ironed, hemmed, trying, trying to put on that garment of praise, come on. Trying, trying to be what he wants us to be. He said, I came back the second time, and when I saw you, I fell in love with you. So when God, God seeks you out, God will find you. God found a Noah who, who, who drank too much wine. God found a Moses that struck a rock. God's found a Samson that laid his head in the lap of Delilah. God found a Jacob that was, that was a, a deceitful. All those things. God saw you where you were, and God accepted you just for who you were. You didn't have to take a bath to come in the presence of God. You didn't have to pray a bunch of Hail Marys and count a bunch of bees. He came right. He saw you in your gutter. He saw you in your filth. He saw you in your horror, in your pain, in your shame. And he said, I, I want you just the way you are. And he took us. He bathed us. He cleansed us. He closed us. He gives a list of promises. Then he comes back a few weeks or a few months or a few years later to see, are we flowing those gifts? Are we flowing those fruits? And say, hey, I've got something even greater than restoration. It's called renewal. And I, I want to be very careful here, but I felt, and I would not do anything to embarrass anybody, but Taylor, this morning as you were worshiping, I felt the Lord was saying is that it's easy sometimes to reflect the past few years and say, well, I wasted this, I wasted this, I wasted this, all of this. And the guilt of that, the weight of that, the pain of that, God said the latter is greater than the former. And years you, you lost, those teenage years, the years you lost, those years are going to be restored to you, be brought back to you, and they're going to be better than the original years were planned because that's what God does. I just felt like God had that for you today in the worship. When you talk about restoration, and I've been promising, and I... I will probably in the next 30 days I'll bring the 55 Chevy back to the breezeway and let you see it. When you talk about restoration, usually what God does, he takes all the broken pieces and upgrades them. Come on now. When that 55 Chevy was, was produced October of 1954, 
it had a motor that had about 30 horsepower. The motor that I have now in my car has over 600 horsepower. That car had no power steering. This car has power steering. That car had no rack and pinion. This car has rack and pinion. That car had no air conditioning. This car has air conditioning. That car had absolutely no stereo. This car has a Cyrus radio with great big woofers and tweeters and mid-range, and you don't have to know what all that means. That car was, that car was funky-looking paint. This car is going to be canary yellow. See, when you restore something, it's always better than the original intent, the original area of life. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that? Brand new. So let me conclude with this, and this will be my only, this will be my only conclusion. He knows where you are. What did I say, Gail? He knows where you're at. He knows the weight you're carrying. He knows the strain you're under. He knows the pressures you're experiencing. Your breakthrough has already been spoken, has already been declared. He said, write the vision down. Make it public. Rehearse it because it will come to pass. And today, in the conclusion of this altar service, and Pastor Jeff, if you'll help me, I've asked him to dig deep into the archives of, of Shannon Field coming. Or Shannon with the babies, that's okay. I've asked him to dig deep into the archives of, of my past and share a song that I think that uh, either Catherine Kuhlman or uh, Amy Simple McPherson made popular. Turn your eyes on Jesus. There are things as a senior pastor of this church, there are things that I regret. I love our I love our worship. I love our praise. I love our music. I wouldn't do anything to change it. Well, maybe bring Rick Derringer in and let him jam with you guys. Um, J.E. was playing a, a riff today on the keyboard, and Jay, what was so scary. It sounded just like a riff from Bob Seger. I don't know if you know who Bob Seger is. He's a white guy. Just, he just knows what he is. When he was playing the keyboard, playing the keyboard, I said, man, that sounds like Bob Seger. When Chris is here, every once in a while, Chris will do something by ZZ Top. He'll, he'll stretch that. He'll bend that, that note. I go, man, that sounds like how, 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 how. And then Josh, Josh and Jason Upton could be cousins. Josh was saying, go, man, that sounds just like. But it don't sound like Josh now, because he's his own. The things I regret as a pastor of this church is that my children did not grow up on the red hymnal. There are songs that they will never, they'll never be attached to because they're old, they're out of date. But when you look at some of the things that God promised, all those songs had doctrine and when you talk when you when, when you talk about those songs about redemption and blood and at the cross at the cross where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away this song says turn your eyes on Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of this world 
will grow strangely dim. It's a phenomenon. In the light of his mercy and grace. Can you sing it? Oh, turn your eyes. If that's your desire, would you lift your head towards him? You knew I'd be here this morning. You knew the pressure I would be under. You knew the weight I would be carrying. You knew the decisions I'd have to make. You know the stress. You know the pain. The worry. The fear. I need a breakthrough. I need a healing. I need a touch of my body. I need a touch of my money. I need a touch of my marriage. God, I need you today. I look to you, the author, the finisher of my faith, paid a price, went through the hell of Calvary that we could be connected today. You saw me. You wasn't distracted by my shame. You wasn't distracted by my filth. You wasn't distracted by my garbage, by my sin, by all of that. But you saw me for what I could be. And you saw me for what you called me to be. And you came to where I was. And you got in that pit. You got in that gutter. You got right down there. And you were made sin. And became poor. So that I could be saved from sin. And be made rich. You traded. You paid my penalty. My price. So I can walk in all the promises and the precious things you have for me. Today I look to you. Today I trust you. I remind myself of those things that have been spoken over me. I remind myself of those things that I found in the Word of God. I underline as your Spirit said they were for me. Today I proclaim those truths that I know. If you did it for Pastor Hank you will do it for me we're all sons and daughters you don't love any of us any more any less you love us all only a parent can do that now would you let the healing power of the blood of Jesus flow in this house oh I love you Lord look full full in his wonder full faith and the things of this life the things of this world will grow strangely will grow in the light of his glory if you believe that would you stand and by a signal of faith would you just release that weight throw those hands up and say I surrender Turn your eyes I give up the guilt I give up the shame I don't want condemnation anymore. No more fear. No more sickness. I'm tired of being sick. I'm tired of being wounded. I want to be healed. I want to be restored. I want you to touch me again. I want to be renewed. Turn, turn, turn your, your eyes, eyes.
That's it. Let's get lost here just for a minute's presence. Oh, hallelujah. Let healing flow. Deliverance. Assurance. You're in control. You can pay the dentist bill. You can pay the court costs. You can pay the fines. You can break through. I push towards you today, Lord. And they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Sing it, Shanna. Put it what key you want to put it and we're going to sing it. And they that wait upon the Lord, lift your hands towards him and say, I'm waiting upon you. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. Oh, Come on, eagles. Come on, eagles. Lift those talents towards the Lord. Lift those wings towards the Lord. more time we'll change the words a little bit 